Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's no end to the violence in Indianapolis. None. I wish there was. It, it, it sounds like a broken record. Oh, Tony, here you go. You're going you're gonna to get on Mayor Hogsett's case. Th- there's no case to get on. It's over. The mayor can't do the job. And I would argue that the mayor's not attempting to do the job. Let's get a little more in-depth here on what I mean. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. It is good to be back. It was a weekend in Vegas for a cigar convention, then picking out some bourbon. I learned a lot. It wasn't just all about the fun and the games, but there, there was fun, and there was games, and there was some gambling. Once every 10 years, I have to remind myself I shouldn't do any of this, and my reminder has been made. And I come home after what's a, a, a pretty solid trip, a pretty dang good time. I come home to the headline that 11 people shot in eight hours across Indianapolis, four people dead. That's our city, baby. This is not the, oh my gosh, this is an, oh wow, look, a mass shooting. This is a weekend in Indy. Not rare, commonplace, not strange, the everyday. This is who we are. This is what we do. And this is what our leadership silently allows. I do not make the argument that Mayor Hogsett or the Indianapolis City County Council like what's happening. I don't make that argument at all. No part of me would believe it. I can't actually bring myself uh, to, to, uh, to believe it. Because if I believe that, that they want this to happen, well, that's a whole nother level of psychosis I, uh, that, that we all have to deal with. And I just I can't bring myself there. I'm, I'm too positive a person. But it's obvious they're in over their heads. They don't know what to do, and so they do nothing. Or everything they've tried doesn't work. And there comes a moment where you say it doesn't work. We replaced the coach of the Pacers after a season. We replaced Nate McMillan. And it was working. We replaced Vogel. It was working. We don't replace the mayor. Joe Hogsett has absolutely positively no understanding of how to keep this city and and this area safe. He can't do it. Now, there's the the arguments, the larger arguments, whether or not he wants the job, whether or not he likes the job, whether or not, uh, you know, all, all of those things. But Joe Hogsett can't do this. And I don't care if his staff likes me or hates me. It doesn't matter at all. People are dead all across this city because Joe Hogsett can't do the job. Now, if you say to me, Tony, do you really think Joe Hogsett is responsible for every murder? Of course not. But Joe Hogsett will not address the issues that lead to the murders. And the reason he won't address the issues is because he is a coward on race. It's a funny term, coward on race, because that's what Eric Holder said of Americans. Americans are cowards on race. 
No, that's not true. Many people having conversations all the time, they just don't think that the alpha and the omega is race. That's what bigots do. Bigots see everything through a prism of race. That's different than whether or not you notice someone's black. I notice people who are black, and I notice people who are white, and I notice people who are Asian, and I notice people who are Hispanic. I notice fat people, and I notice thin people, and I notice the hot ones, and I notice the ugly ones. I especially notice the hot ones. What can I say? I'm biased like that. But what I consider the hot ones, you may not consider the hot ones, if only because I have excellent taste and I don't know what to do about you. I, 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 don't, know what to, I don't know what to say. Clearly, clearly, I got style. I know what I'm looking for. Of course I notice. The cowardice comes in when you won't address issues because you fear that those issues will be taken as racially based. Allow me to help you. The reason we see such violence on the streets of Indianapolis is cultural. Now, very often the word cultural is taken to be a white-black conversation. I don't take it that way. The cultural conversation is about liberal and not. And the culture that you, City County Council, and that you, Mayor Hogsett, have further indoctrinated people into is the culture that leads to what we see. A culture of defund the police. Oh, Tony, we don't believe in defunding the police. As a matter of fact, we added more money to the police while changing the General Orders Committee and making it easier for police officers to lose their job because you put civilians in charge. Civilians, by the way, who have a record of not liking police. You've gone out of your way, Mayor Hogsett, to make cops feel that they are not only unappreciated, but they are under fire. You've actually engaged conversations to make people say, what about the cops? Look at the reports that come out about the riots that took place and the cops did this wrong and the cops did that wrong. People set fire to dumpsters and to banks and the mayor of Indianapolis was nowhere to be found. Why is it so hard for reporters to ask the question, Mayor, during the two nights of rioting, where were you? You were at your home. Can you tell us what you were doing? Who were you in communication with? How were you in communication with them? How many TVs did you have taking a look at the scene? How many uh, uh, programs uh, or cameras did you have available to you so you could see what was happening in the city? What orders did you give the police or discuss with others? Was the National Guard ever called? Did you speak with Governor Holcomb? If so, how many times? Nobody asked these questions. Rational questions that should be asked and a rational mayor should be all over discussing. But this mayor doesn't. This mayor cowers in the corner. Because to address the cultural issues that lead to the violence, you may have a conversation about race and he's so afraid of being called a racist that he'll say nothing. He doesn't understand that he is part and parcel of a group of people that want to burn it all down. Now, if you were to ask Joe Hogsett, maybe he'd say, I don't want to burn it all down. Well, you're part of a party that wants to burn it all down. Tony, the party doesn't want to burn it all down. They just want these changes. That's you. That's you saying that. But another person saying, no, no, I want those changes. Meantime, you have a city county council meeting uh, uh, this week. You approve $3 million more million, but you don't actually describe where all the money is going to go and when. This is the fourth quarter. Uh, who knows when, when, when the money comes out. 
We've got the story at WIBC.com. Black Lives Matter showed up, and uh, someone who represents Indy 10 Black Lives Matter and said out loud, people can't feed their families, and you guys, meaning the city county council, don't give a blank, an F. And then two deputies uh, approach her, and she says, you're going to arrest me? You're going to call your pigs on me? They want the police defunded. Well, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter city county council, and specifically Vop Ossoli, the president, that's your group. These are the people that you allowed to dictate to you the policies that you move forward in the city of Indianapolis. They're the reason you painted Black Lives Matter on the streets and did nothing for cops. You've done nothing to show police or business owners in Indianapolis that you're concerned about the future of police or business owners in Indianapolis. By the way, business owners are the most diverse group in Indy. No group is more diverse. If you're talking diversity, you're not talking about the business owners, you don't actually mean diversity, you mean bigotry. But don't you understand that these group of, this group of people, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter, which is referred to me as suspected white supremacists, because they're, they're daft people. They're awful, terrible, garbage people. But you're afraid to say that because if you say that, oh, look, he's calling a black person awful and terrible, must be a racist. Who gives a good holy damn what these people call you? They referred to me as suspected white supremacist. Are we out of our heads? I got to worry about these lowlifes? Now, don't get me wrong. I carry a firearm with me everywhere I go because these lowlifes are dangerous. These are the ones who are part of the group that pulled guns on, on people driving down the streets of Indianapolis? Yeah, of course I carry a firearm. The Second Amendment is mine no matter what Keith Olbermann says. <gasps> Can we stop for a moment and talk about Keith Olbermann? Can we stop? Did you hear the Keith Olbermann? Producer Ari, did you hear Keith Olbermann? No, I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, 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 stop. Put a, put a little pin bing, right there in what I was talking about with, with the city. You got to hear Keith Olbermann talk about the Second Amendment. This is the former ESPN guy, former MSNBC guy, who just is, was just a, a radical, demonstrative leftist, and now he's doing videos from his basement, or this one looks like he's on Park Avenue, not Park Avenue, Central Park. He's overlooking Central Park. Who knows how much money he's got? Listen to Keith Olbermann on the Second Amendment. Think about the Denver weapons stash a block away, which was either an interrupted all-star game mass shooting or an interrupted non-all-star game mass shooting. He's talking about the MLB Major League Baseball all-star game, and I guess somebody got caught with guns nearby. I didn't hear much of the story because, again, I was away for the weekend. That's That's the story, the background. Here's now where he goes. And consider again the holy Second Amendment to the Constitution and ask yourself this question. Why doesn't the Second Amendment have the word own in it? Why does it not say the right to own guns or in any synonym for own? Why does it just say a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? Keep and bear, not own. Do you know how criminally insane you have to be to do that? And he makes more money than I do. Criminally insane is Keith Oldman. Sorry, I, 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 I had to share it. I had to share it because it's just so nuts. 
that keep and bear arms doesn't mean own. Just two silly four words. Like, I guess the government should own it and then let's let you borrow it for, for a time. That, that's what the founders were fighting against. That, that, they, they didn't want you to own it. They just wanted you to be able to borrow it from the government that they were fighting. It's pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, Joe Hogg's at the Indianapolis City County Council. Black Lives Matter in this town wants to burn it all down. Because they've told you that. They've told you they want to defund the police, and they're willing to interrupt your meetings and curse at you. You see, you think you only want to make changes. You think you only want to be woke. They want to burn it all down. And they're more than willing to turn on you to get it done. So why are you following those people? Maybe you should be taking a look at what you're doing about policing in this city and engage a new tact. But you don't do that. Instead, Mayor Hogsett, you go silent. You cower in the corner, afraid to have the conversation. It's why people like you refer to it as gun violence, when it's not the gun that's the problem. It is the ideology underneath that decides these things have to be handled with a, with a, a weapon of some kind. You enable this through the inability or, or, your, or your proven inability to speak out against it because you're afraid of being called a racist because you may be speaking to somebody who is black. Instead of respecting people and the color of their skin, you are so afraid of it, you won't address the real issues in our city. And the violence continues. And because you are so fearful, you will not properly address it. And that's why you have to go. That's why really so many members of the city county council have to go. You won't address the issues. You won't deal with the hard issues underneath. Instead, you'll just be woke and cheer on union nonsense and leftist garbage and not actually take care of the city, which shouldn't be about your politics. It should be about creating a better city. Indy is just in flat out danger. And it will be until Joe Hogg sets out, because at least then we can try and make it better. I'm Tony Counts. Really fun piece by Jim Garrity over at National Review entitled, Hey, Maybe the Walls Aren't Closing In on Donald Trump After All. That's a smart, smart piece by Jim Garrity. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good uh, to to be with you. And it, it's, it's all about how the media constantly would would go um uh go through these claims about how you know the walls were closing in on Donald Trump and the the, the noose is 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 tightening on 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 Donald Trump this this would always be the case always 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 be the case that the walls were coming you know closing in always and that's just uh not not true and it's rarely ever true. But it is how people talk in in this this punditry world. It's how people talk. 
because they don't care that what they're saying is completely non-factual. What they care is that they said something that hurts their target. That's what they 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 care about. That's the thing that that they move, the message that that they move. Right, I, I, I'm trying to think if this is one of those kinds of montages. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end. And breaking news. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. The call for impeachment. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning. Beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Maybe that was all in 2017, right? These things happen, and when it's it's just it's clear that everybody's on the same you know email thread. They all got onto a text with producer Ari. Okay, here's what we're saying this week. I only assume producer Ari's on those calls, but it's a great. It's it, this is this is a worthy read. Because every time they say, you know, it's going to be an indictment, this, it's going to be that, that's not what happens. Now, what is going to go on with New York and the New York Attorney General and, and uh, the, the district attorney there uh, in, in New York City? I don't have an answer for that. And certainly, uh, you can make an argument that uh, the allegations aren't great. You can also make an argument that this, cl- this is clearly political. 100% political. But if we're going back in history and using history as our guide. The walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end. as long as the astrologers are about it. It's a great piece. And it's a reminder to us that when we hear this hysteria, our first job is to take a breath. It's 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 our first job. When we it's it's like when there's the reporting on a on a disaster. And what do we always say here? Uh, let let us take a breath, let us take a beat, let's get the information and then we can report on it. Cuz we don't have all the facts at first. What the media tries to do in these cases is see how much they can gin you up into frenzy at the start. All of us, not just you, all of us. And then, therefore, they have baked a narrative. That's what all this always is. And that's why we don't buy into it because, well, we're, we're hip to their game. Good piece from Jim Garrity at National Review. I'm Tony Katz. So the appeals court tells Governor Holcomb to continue to pay unemployment benefits. This will be on top of those tax credits that are coming in the form of checks to those people with kids. So if you thought it was difficult to hire people now, 
You have no idea. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz, today, uh, I was sharing uh, yesterday, I was uh, I went down to New Rift Distillery. Uh, it's in the Cincinnati area, Covington, uh, Kentucky. A newer uh, distillery, only past six, seven years, and they've only really been uh, shipping bottles since 2018, but they make, I, I think they make very good bourbon. And they make an absolutely spectacular malted rye. So chocolatey, candy-esque, candy-esque, terrific. I love rye. Uh, rye is where I, that, that is my, that is my jam, as the people would say, in the business. And went and, and did a barrel pick with a, with a group of people, the, the, the Indiana Liquor Group, uh, and uh, they have liquor stores all across uh, Indiana. Great, great time. H- had a ball, learned, learned a lot. And one of the conversations, though, as I was having with, with people, is that, you know, they've got these liquor stores. And finding people to work is difficult. So we know that it's hard to find truckers. We know that it's hard to find people in construction. We know it's hard to find people in the restaurant business. It's hard to find people in the hospitality in- industry. And now, in, in a straight retail environment that's fun and wildly popular, hard to find people. Indiana wanted to end the extended unemployment benefits in what's known as the uh, CARES program, which is a federal program. So they said, we're ending this. And then a Marion County judge said, no, you're not, because uh, some groups appealed the decision saying the state has to go out there and get every dollar uh, that's possible for, uh, for the citizens, for Hoosiers. They, they have to go do that. Uh, secondly, uh, this is a federal program and the governor can't just decide to end this. That was their argument. So, uh, it's went to an appeals court and they said, yeah, you can't end this. So here we are. Here we are that this is all going to continue making it more and more impossible to get people hired. There is within this an understanding clear and true and obvious that there are people out there who don't want to get others back to work. They like the idea of government taking care of them, and they would like this to be the standard. See, this is what we should do. Government should just do this. Yeah, those rich people pay a little bit more, but look how, look how much better the lives are for people. They don't have to work. They just No things are taken care of. No society can work like that. Have we mentioned what's going on in Cuba? Oh, yes, that's right. We have mentioned what's going on in Cuba. These people are not engaged in protests because of COVID. They're engaged in protests because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders' vision for America sucks. And that's exactly what Cuba is. Do not get yourself into the foolhardy democratic game that they are democratic socialists. They're socialists. This is what they believe in. That's the society you'll get. You'll get the society where there is no food and there is no medical care. But Cuba sends its doctors all around the globe to help with COVID. Their doctors don't know anything. You would literally have to be Michael Moore ignorant to think that going to Cuba is the way to go if you're sick. Best of luck to you. Knock yourself out. Look, if you're sick enough, you'll go anywhere and try anything. I'm not saying no. Oh, America. Oh, the cost. Oh, the this. Oh, the that. It's still the best. If you were relying on China to create a vaccine for COVID, you'd still be waiting most probably, you'd be waiting at the funeral home. 
Now, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic there, right? Because COVID doesn't hurt that many people in, in terms of when you see the numbers, 99% of people recover or don't get it or fine, et cetera. And then, of course, you have the idea that kids aren't affected by this. And then you've got people like Dr. Fauci uh, saying you need masks. Wait, I'll get into that. Just hold right there. This was a conversation about what it's going to take to get people back to work. And we're going to make it more impossible to get people back to work. And then instead of a tax credit, you're actually going to write checks to people. Which is going to make it even more difficult to get people back to work. So if you own liquor stores or you're in construction, these things are bad. And while people aren't getting back to work, here comes the federal government to say, well, we're going to help because we're going to get ourselves a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. $3.5 trillion? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to the deal that you put together with Republicans? What was that? $900 billion? What, what, is, what is this? This is the infrastructure plan through reconciliation. Reconciliation is the system within the Senate where you can utilize a 51-vote majority to get through these types of budgetary issues. So everything that Democrats want, they're putting into this reconciliation bill. Just have uh, the senators be okay with it, the Democratic senators, and get it passed with 50 senators and a tie break from the vice president. $3.5 trillion. So the Republicans who went about trying to create a bipartisan infrastructure bill, they, we talked about the fact they were being played. We knew they were being played. Now they know for fact they were being played. It was President Biden who said, I want both bills, the, the bipartisan bill and the reconciliation bill on my desk at the same time or I won't sign either one. Oh, okay, so it really is a threat. Do this or that. And then he said, no, no, they'll give it to me. I'll sign it. I said I would. But the cat was already out of the bag because we know the answer is it doesn't matter what the Republicans agree to in terms of bringing down some spending. They're still going to pass this monstrosity, a monstrosity of $3.5 trillion that Bernie Sanders says isn't enough. He wants $6 trillion. Trillion. Do you know how much money that is? I, you don't have enough zeros in your vocabulary to figure this one out. By the way, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, who is often an a, a impediment to Democrats' desires, he says he's open to the $3.5 trillion reconciliation, but he's not on board. He needs to see it paid for and for global competitiveness not to be hurt by tax hikes. Well... That's a a possibility that we won't see this thing. Because, of course, there's going to be global tax hikes. And, of course, there's going to be an issue with competitiveness. How do you think these things get paid for? What's really amazing is you have got mayors in Indiana on board. Now, again, I say Republicans should drop this immediately and say, you're all crazy, and call them crazy on television, interrupt their interviews and say, you're nuts. You don't know how to run a country. But listen to the mayors they've got behind them. 
According to WIBC.com, Joe Hogsett's behind them. Tom Henry uh, there in Fort Wayne is behind them. John Hamilton in Bloomington is behind them. Uh, Jerome Prince of Gary is behind them. Uh, Steve Collier of Lawrence is behind them. And James Brainerd of Carmel. Jimmy B. King James. He never, ever, ever disappoints, does he? He never disappoints. I would give anything if he would just honestly say, yeah, I don't know why I call myself a Republican. Nobody actually knows. It's just, it's, it's just a, 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 a thing I do. But he, he's mayor for life. I mean, that's obvious at this point. Right? It's obvious that Mayor Brainerd is mayor in Carmel for as long as he wants to be mayor in Carmel. They'll run people against him, but people are totally happy. And, and I get it. City's beautiful. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you take a look at what they have built, and a lot of it looks exactly alike. But it's pretty. What they did in Midtown is amazing. Amazing. And the fact they call it Midtown is so adorable. It's three blocks from downtown, but it's Midtown. Okay. Okay, sure. You You win. But it's cool as can be. Had a vision, went with the vision. Uh, lucky enough to have uh, the tax dollars to do it. Lord forbid uh, that slows down. I mean, Jim Brainerd walks around Carmel, and in many ways, rightfully so, feeling that he can do anything. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. That, that's how he walks through life. But he wants, he wants the $3.5 trillion? He wants the debt? Now, if he wants to argue that Carmel doesn't have the debt structure, he can, and those city councilors can argue it, and we can pay for it, and oh my gosh, all the spending's already paid for. Sure. Until the moment it's not. I mean, that's always the fear. And I've had councilors say, what are you, what are you so afraid of? You have no re- reason to be afraid, Tony. Okay. All right, but yet somehow... I wonder. They try and set me at ease. I'm like, sure, but still, uh, I worry. What can I say? I'm like that. But $3.5 trillion? You want that? Or do you want the bipartisan deal? You want the deal that's, what is it? It's $900 billion. Well, that would be a little bit different if you want the $900 billion deal. But why would you want a deal when you know Democrats are going to push forward $3.5 trillion and not even pay attention to what the spending does to the rest of us? It's worth it because? No. No, 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 no. It's worth it because you're going to get a check and then you can buy things and then your people are going to love you because look at all the things you bought. And they're going to be mad at the federal government, not that mad at the local government. Then you get to be uh, mayor for another four years. That's what it seems like. And I wouldn't just say that about Mayor Brainerd. I'd say that about, about all of them, although I'm not as familiar with the other mayors as I am with, with Jim Brainerd. With Joe Hogsett, it's purely ideological. He was told to, to sign a letter. He signed the letter. 
Oh, I very much doubt that Joe Hogsett does things of his own accord. He has a meeting, and he says, should I sign it? And then they all, you know, check their phones, and they make their phone calls, and three hours later they say, uh, yes, Mr. Mayor, you should sign it. He goes, okay, I'm signing it. And that's how it goes. I assume that's what he sounds like, Producer Ari. I'm not Is that a, not a good impression? I'm not going to comment on that. Was that a terrible impression? I'm not going to comment on that. I, I, can, I can do it like Norm MacDonald. Everything with you is Norm MacDonald. Right. Well, because it's the only one that I do somewhat well. Uh, uh, I'm going to sign it now. But uh, I'm, like, I'm not going to use my name. Uh, because if I use my name, then they can uh, chase it, they'll chase it uh, back to me. And honestly, for me, anything in the Norm MacDonald voice just makes me cry. Oh, oh, the joy. The joy I get out of Norm MacDonald. If he only knew the joy he gave me. Day in and day out. $3.5 trillion for human infrastructure. What's human infrastructure? Daycare. That's part of this. That's part of this. Where is the funding for the U.S. Navy so we can have enough ships at sea? Oh, that needs a cut? Okay. Glad we talked. I'm Tony Katz. So you weren't dreaming when you saw that the CDC said anybody over the age of two who's unvaccinated should be wearing a mask. We're still playing this mask game. And Dr. Anthony Fauci on MSNBC speaking to Andrea Mitchell. Oh, no, no, he's piling on. Piling on huge. Well, a couple of questions, and the answers are the children who are not able to get vaccinated because of their age should follow, their parents should follow with them, the guidelines of the CDC that unvaccinated children of a certain age greater than two years old should be wearing masks. No doubt about that. That's the way to protect them from getting infected, because if they do, they can then spread the infection to someone else. So the CDC... No doubt about it, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, a mask on. Best of luck with that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, this is all wrong. This is a constant and continual merry-go-round of garbage from Dr. Fauci. I don't know why people still listen to him. I I, I have stopped, certainly listening to this egomaniacal failure of a man. If I want to know how a virus works, I would ask him. He clearly has it. When it comes to an idea of sharing policy and understanding the value of it and and, and being clear with Americans, he does not know how to do it. He simply doesn't know how to do it. And his policy prescriptions have been dangerous. Wearing a mask so adults don't get it. Well, adults can be vaccinated or not. They'll make that call. So therefore, an adult making that decision gets to make the decision on whether or not their child wears a mask. Well, Tony, we're not talking about at home. We're talking about at schools. 
The teacher can decide whether or not to get vaccinated. But because they choose not to, does not put any encumbrance upon my child about wearing a mask. That adult made made a decision. My child under the age of 12 can't even get a vaccine. And my child 12 through 17, that's up to me and, and my spouse. That's a private decision that we have no plans of sharing with the school. But the teacher can decide whether to get vaccinated or not. They know whatever the risks are at this stage of the game, and they can make the call. My child doesn't have to wear a mask because they decided not to get vaccinated. Allow me to say the teacher is not that important. I'll I'll say it again. The teacher is not that important. I'm not angry with teachers. I'm just making a statement. And I say this about, I say the exact same thing about when we have the transgender conversation. You can make any decision you want. You cannot ask other people to deal with the ramifications of your decision making. You made the decision that is not for me to deal with. I had no say in the decision-making process, so I cannot be treated in any which way because of your decision-making process. It's madness. It is madness. So let kids go to school without masks. They aren't necessary. They don't work, by the way. There's no data that shows that masks on kids work. Zero, zero, zero data. Never seen a doctor so anti-science as Dr. Fauci. Well, maybe one or two, but I think it might be crude to list them here. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz, and everything at TonyKatz.com. TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.